Sportscast. It's really good to have you all, whether you're watching this stream now or later or the podcast, uh, listening on the podcast. Um, really good to have you with us and uh, thank you for the continued support. Um, just want to put a quick, quick message out there as well. If anybody wants to join us, uh, Nevin and I on this show, just drop us a line. Really good to have um, people uh, passionate about Indian sport joining us, uh, especially on this show, if it's about football, just get in touch either through our Facebook page, Twitter page, or on desisportscast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the website where Imran good uh, articles, good football articles. So check those out as well. But on to the show. And it's a warm welcome, as always, um, to the expert, Nevin Thomas. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you today? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good day for both of us, I guess, considering both the blue teams uh, managed a victory in the weekend. Yeah, but, so. but then both the blue teams had a good day, but you're wearing a red shirt. Is that in preparation for later today? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's a, it's a game that we as neutrals can enjoy. Whoever wins, we don't care. <laughs> Ideally... But- I mean, I, I'm sorry to be sounding very boring right in like in the start of the podcast, but a zero zero would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that uh, not boring, but it's um, considering where my boys are, I'll, I'll, I prefer a draw. Uh, keeps us up there. Um, I certainly don't want United to win because that'll open up a little bit of a gap. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe a five five draw. Entertaining <laughs> as well. Um, I think that might be asking for too much, but famous last words, you never know. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we started the talk with um, uh, EPL, so let's continue with that. Um, it was a bit of a slog for your boys. Um, they're not in the best of form, and they've yeah. got a huge game on Tuesday. Um, I don't know, did you watch the game against Fulham? I think the sending off did make a difference. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought Chelsea did deserve to win considering... They were dominating, but it's hardly the kind of, uh, you know, uh, a performance that will inspire a lot of confidence in fa- amongst fans as well. Mm, I mean, a victory is nice. However, way, I mean, whatever way it comes, I, like as a Chelsea supporter, I'm quite fond of 1-0 victories. I mean, we did see then these victories a lot in our, you know, early Mourinho years. But those victories were completely controlled victories. You knew Chelsea would see out the way. These days, it's not so sure anymore. You, you, you know, you're nervous even in the 90th minute that, you know, a goal could always come back. Uh, but good victory. I think in terms of, uh, just in terms of three points. And Fulham is a neighbour and there's, it's a derby and all those uh, those angles as well. I know Fulham is really not the side that's, uh, you know, that's, that's played really well in the season. But at the end of the day, it's three points and... This is a very topsy-turvy league, right? So, every three points that can come your way is, is valuable addition. So, yeah, I think uh, Chelsea needed that three points and that's good. But, I, again, the next match is going to be very tough and I don't think Chelsea are the favourites going into the next match. Yeah, it, uh, well, I might dispute that. I think um, just the name and the uh, talent you've got might yeah. just edge it. But if you're looking on form... Um, Yesterday was a very tough game for us. Southampton, a very, very good team. They had a lot of injuries, but they, um, half time, I would have, even though we're winning, I would have taken a 1 1. Um, They played really well. I've got really close friends who support Southampton. So we were on talking about it. And um, we don't usually do well at home, surprisingly, against Southampton. But um, yeah, uh, the team is looking very good at the moment. Squad is um, really strong. Um, it's a good time. It has been for a while. I've said it quite a few times to be a Leicester supporter, but uh, sitting there second after 18 games halfway through the season, it's a good sight um, looking at the table this morning. And I've said it again many times. It's surprising how much uh, a Leicester victory, or in your case, a Chelsea victory, uh, makes the weekend and in fact the week. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tuesday, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like I said, Chelsea, you know, they're not playing too flowing football. Uh, one expected with the talent you've got. Um, uh, the pitch yesterday wasn't, I think it's the rain we've had. We've had a lot of rain and you can see that on some of the pitches. And King Palace pitch is usually like carpet. 
but yesterday was um, you could see the signs of a little bit of um, uh, the, the effect of all the rain and I don't think he'll have time to recover before Tuesday but mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it and uh, by the sound of it you're not confident or you're just uh, just saying that for the sake of it. No, I'm not confident at all. And that's been how the season has been. Even when Chelsea were uh, performing well it, at some point, even then I wasn't really, you know, it, it's, it's got to do with what Lampard is trying to do. I'm not very really sure. Do you, you still want uh, to trust Giroud and put in those crosses or do you want to have a more intricate system? Do you have the ability to play that kind of football? Like, you know, can we uh, play football like a Nagelsmann's side, for example? I think uh, Havertz and Werner would have thrived in such a team. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm confused. What did they try to achieve in the summer? But as of now, Lampard is very clever that he puts his team in situations where now people are also like, huh, just, you know, concentrate on victories now. We'll forget, you know, we'll temporarily delay the, the transition and the evolution of the team, which which in the long run doesn't help, right? He got away with last season as well, saying, hey, it's a transition, this, that. But this is this is a Chelsea side. This is a Chelsea side that you want reaching semi-finals of Champions League, not being bothered about the Champions League fight itself, you know, for a spot in the Champions League. But right now, we're like, a, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. And with the squad, with the, with the money that's spent, this is not where Chelsea should be. And I've not really seen enough to say uh, the occasional losses or the draws were unjustified. I think they were all true and it sort of reflects the, the form and the, the quality of the team right now. Yeah, I totally agree. You can't see um, the direction that they're going in. I thought I could see it at the summer when they were buying all this young talent. Um, but uh, to say they need another transfer window to complete this transition, it's 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 um, yeah, it's good. It's hard to sell that, isn't it? When you spent so much money in the last transfer window that you still need and you, you, you it, it's bizarre because you have somebody like a ZH who's an incredible crosser of the ball, very gifted player. Uh, then it makes sense to play Giro. I completely understand because you want a target man for uh, you know Giro. But then why did you then go that route? Why did you have to sign Havertz, for example? You would probably have been able to sign more uh, a hard-working uh, midfielder and uh, another striker for that money because they paid a lot of money for Havertz. And uh, I mean, Werner, I think, is a slightly better addition. A lot of people keep saying that he's not scoring and all, but he, he's played out of position most of the time. And then... He has the pace. I, I just feel that it's, it's he's still you know adapting and all that. I I, I have still hopes on Werner, especially I think, if you. Can... Sorry, I was just going to say that being young players, getting your confidence back is not going to be as quick as if you're a little bit more experienced and you're having a bad run, so you've been through it all. Um, but um, also in terms of your manager, I think um, I've said it a couple of shows before that uh, the uh, Saintwood is slightly losing his uh, shine. Um, he, he, even in the um, press conferences, he does look a little bit under pressure. Um, yeah. Do you think, well, I don't know if this is hindsight, but he was the manager uh, that was needed to manage young, poor, Not talent, at all. expensive Not talent. at all. Not at all. Not at all. I, I always thought, I mean, it made sense as an interim management. Like, you know, he's a he's a popular guy. Uh, Chelsea needed the fans back, you know, make, make media happy. It made sense, all that. But uh, to trust him with that much money and that big a project, I would have definitely preferred. Even somebody like Carlo Ancelotti, I mean, I know a lot of people think that he's passed, but like, he, you would have given him this money, I'm sure Carlo Ancelotti would have made you a, a, a you know, a championship and inside. So, yeah, I think it's a little, I don't think he's reached that level yet. It's It's still, it's a process and he's not really, you know, a tactically super coach as well, right? So, we've got very young coaches across the world, in Germany especially, who at, who in their 30s are playing brilliant football and inspiring the team to play it. So, Lampard has not done that as well. His work at Derby County is you know, clearly not enough to, you know, warrant a place at Chelsea. It was just purely... Uh, Chelsea is going by sentiments and thinking, hey, he's such a big guy in our, you know, in our uh, whole history, I guess. Like one of the biggest players of their 
uh, vast. So just a pointing thinking that, you know, that that should be enough. And uh, I think the chinks in his armor are now being exposed. Yeah, and um, uh, you hear the word project a lot, you know, this team's undertaking a project. I think, um, talking to my club, I think it, that that tag actually justifies it. You brought in a manager of the caliber of um, Brendan, and you can see the results, the way he's transformed mm -hmm. Harvey Barnes, James Justin, Castagna, the way he's come in. Um, he, he knows how to build these young players um, improve them and um, you needed something like that but at Chelsea you never seem to get a manager apart from Mourinho possibly uh, that had that long-term project with young players I think that kind of lethal Romana Bromwich streak is past Chelsea I don't think they, they are that lethal anymore if that was the case Lampard would have been sacked I think uh, a month but back. do you think he's only he's not being sacked and treated like the other managers because of who he is and the repercussions? Uh, I don't know. I thought I know, but like even with somebody like uh, you know Sari and uh, you know it, it, it felt like there was some sense of patience. I, I I don't know. Maybe he would have been sacked if Juventus hadn't come in, or I, mean, I don't know how it works. But I I see there has been slightly more less. Uh, lethal approach these days for Chelsea. I think even in their transactions, even in their, in, in, it's been it's been a while since they went crazy on a summer, right? This was just a, uh, it's kind of like a blip in some sense because I think post 2012 when all these Lampard, uh, all these head in Azarna came in, I don't remember a transfer season that was this big. So Chelsea is also toned down. I feel they they want to be more you know self-sustaining and all that. So uh, part of that would be to keep hold of the manager. Because they, you have to pay them relentless amount of money, even if you sack them. So, um, yeah, but like Lampard is obviously being helped by the fact that he's a legend and all that. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's a well, mix of both. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, um, you were banned from buying. So, you did build up a bit of a war chest over those couple of um, windows. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you mentioned uh, the managers and the money they have to be paid if they're sacked. There's a very good example of uh, Pardew at Newcastle. He was given a 10-year contract. I think he was sacked after two years, and they just finished <laughs> paying off his contract. I think it was last year, and yeah. he was sacked like uh, six, seven years ago. So, um, yeah, uh, there's long-term, and then there's silly. No, I, I think we've, we've discussed this again in, in our previous episodes, I think last year, is that I think the best way to judge a manager is how much a player improves. So you you just rightly highlighted how Barnes or Justin has improved so much playing under Brandon Rodgers. Who do you pick for Chelsea? Who's that one player who's like really improved? I was very impressed with Kovacic as a player. But yeah. Kovacic has not really reached another level. Give, give Kovacic to a clock maybe. He'll turn into some really nice uh, midfielder. And that is my... You know, you can't just buy finished products and just, you know, make a team. You have to improve them as well. And I don't see anyone, maybe Zuma in terms of confidence, but Zuma was always a big potential in terms of, I remember Mourinho saying long back that, you know, this is the guy, you know, you can uh, trust to, uh, you know, become a big star in the defense. So who is that one player that Lampard has drastically improved. You might, again, argue Mason Mount, but he's just a hard-working block, and I think he'll do the same for all the managers. And it's not like Mason Mount is just, you know, catapulted into another level. He's no. still just a hard-working midfielder to get things done. So, I think that's that's a good uh, way to analyze Lampard and that way he fails that, fails that as for me. Yeah, and um, you talk about uh, managers making a difference and well, the game, big game, uh, later today, and uh, I think we talked about it last week or the week before, whether uh, Manchester United are on this run, not because of their manager, but because of their players. Um, mm -hmm. I can't see that happening for Chelsea, that you know, no matter the manager, I don't think the players, maybe they're all too young or whatever, I don't think they could do what the United players seem to be doing. Yeah, true. And I don't know, I think Bruno Fernandes has been one of the biggest signing, biggest impact signings I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I know people accuse him of diving, taking a lot of penalties and all that. But what a player. Like, he's just out there creating passes. And he unleashed the potential of the likes of Rashford and Martian and Greenwood and 
Vani and all that. Then the fact that he's there and he puts these things on play for all these players, I think. Uh, yeah, I think Bruno is a key. I don't. I mean, uh, Manchester United without Bruno is just not the same. Uh, and uh, ever since Bruno has come in, even the likes of Juan Mata, for example, whenever you know he gets the game time, he looks nice. I think this is just one player improving the entire squad and. Uh, and also, what a signing because of the fans. I think fans pressure, fan pressure is the reason why they eventually signed Bruno Fernandez. We've been saying forever. A lot of money. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and wow. So you know, credit to the fans for you know sticking it out there. The likes of that uh, the senior Pogba guy and all those people is just like they're endlessly tweeting and putting pressure on the manager to get the right people, and they have got the right people. Yeah, um, but I am looking forward to it. I don't think it'll be a classic. Um... Uh, without the fans, obviously, it's a different sort of game. But um, um, like I said, uh, from a personal bias perspective, I hope it's a draw or a Liverpool win just to keep us uh, in that little group. Um, how do you think the game's going to go? Uh, I think Liverpool's going to win this. Yeah. My, my you know, I just feel they're a superior side and they must be pumped right now. If, if this isn't inspiring them, uh, a Manchester United, you know, you know, on top of them you know, on the table, this is a side that's gone and won Champions League and Premier League and all that. If this doesn't inspire them, then, you know, there's a City side that's slowly, you know, beginning yeah. to play really, really good football yeah. as well. So this is a match they have to put their foot down and, you know, show that they mean business. So yeah. I'm going to put my money on Liverpool. And I think it's the first time that uh, Klopp has been in any sort of pressure. Um, because of the results and the way they're playing, it's not what obviously it's a different season altogether. They've lost Van Dijk still, and they've had a few injuries. Uh, but I think this is the first time he's he's feeling the pressure of what it's like to be champions, and the expectations um, that he's built up there uh, that he has to live up to now. So, yeah. uh, and he's not a good loser. He's not a good loser. So at all, at all. You could already see him, you know, winding up the Bruno Fernandez penalty part and. Yes. Uh, you know, just, um, yeah, it, it's becoming more increasingly clear Klopp doesn't like, you know, when things don't go his way. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. just like all of us, but he's quite <laughs> evidently, uh, you know, you know, he, he says it out, out there. And I'm sure he's going to get this uh, Liverpool side motivated to come play good football. Yeah, it'll be interesting in many ways. It, it is a big game. And like you said, uh, Man City are slowly but surely coming back, uh, not to the free-flowing, beautiful, ticky-tacky football, but they're getting the results. Yeah. And uh, they seem to be on a bit of a momentum. So, yeah, they're coming back. So Yeah, Man City is like my second favourite team right now. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> let's talk about it now, actually, uh, because um, I, I did have it to talk about. I was going to end the show talking about that, but let's talk about it now. Um, what's it like to have something that you've created Beautifully, I might add. And uh, for people who have not Thank seen you. it, please tell us uh, about this. But what's it like having something you created, like shared by a certain uh, Kunaguero? Well, I mean, I, uh, I mean, not even in the wildest uh, imagination did I ever think that video is going to, you know, reach Aguero and he's going to share it and all that. So. I was surprised and uh, it was shared to me by the guy who I shot. So he texted me at like 2.30 in the night saying, dude, check this out. Like, Aguero has shared the video. I was like, what? Like, how on earth? Tell everybody first, what, you, what, what, what was it? Sorry? Uh, tell everybody first as to what we're talking about. What did oh, you yeah. Do? So I made a, a video for the Premier League channel, India-specific uh, Premier League channel about... Uh, this fan who uh, named his son Aguero, he was inspired by the goal that won them the league for the first time. And uh, and when, once he got married and he realized that he had a baby boy, he was like very clear that he's going to name him Aguero. And uh, and also, like if, if I might add, he comes from a very, very beautiful space geographically. I think, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to shoot at his home and uh, backside of his home has a sea. And the front side of his home has a, a lagoon, so it's wow. it's one of the most uh, most prettiest locations I've ever been. So it's just walking distance to. If you want to chill at the lagoon, yeah, we can go this way. If you want to chill at the sea, you can go this way. So very fascinating piece of uh, 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 
it's not an island it's just a piece of land that just gets into the water and um, these are the spaces that makes kerala incredibly beautiful so he comes from such a space and uh, i went and shot a video it was fun and but we are both thinking ha huh, yeah maybe we are, we are happy that it's featuring in the premier league channel i mean that that's that is still pretty big right and then in the early morning hours and mind you i have to wake up the next day and drive for us to for a shoot so i was planning to wake up at like 6 o'clock and this is happening at 2:33 and i'm getting calls like you know somebody announced my engagement online everyone is like wow wow and it's like why is no one sleeping why is everyone calling everybody is just excited everybody is like excited oh you sh- like your content got shared by aquero so we are also famous now do you have aquero number i'm like god nobody knows that i made that video <laughs> just uh, you know it was it's fun banter and a uh, lot of talk and you know people just uh, you know Uh, texting in family group saying ha you know i mean we know aguero aguero is our friend now <laughs> and uh, good stuff there i think the one entire day my phone kept buzzing and it was strange because one of those days when i didn't really have access to phone i was busy like with the shoot throughout the day and like evening i had to again drive another 2 hours to coimbatore so i finally reached coimbatore got in the hotel room opened and like whoa like i can't catch up so <laughs> not happening on all, all platforms but it felt nice felt nice to and felt nice for for tony the guy who featured in the video felt nice that aguero i actually took time to you know react to a fan you know he's not one of those uh, i mean it doesn't look like those pr handled accounts does it like it he just occasionally tweets one tweet in like five days yeah, you can tell that was a personal tweet yeah it was a very personal tweet and so not so nice of him and i and i hope city maybe takes us up maybe take him to etihad or you know send him some you know jersey you know i i saw a lot of comments i mean as usual social media can be wild as well i think a lot of comments saying you know it's a it's a rip off jersey it's not an original people forget that it's very difficult to afford i was going to say yeah yeah just uh, if he, if he can name a style aguero i'm sure if he had the money he'll buy an original jersey you know just you know be kind and uh, yeah Yeah, I mean it's just such it. a beautiful story and I think um uh, I was going to say that uh, it was beautifully shot but like you say you can put your camera out outside any video in Kerala and it'll be a beautiful scenery yeah, exactly. um no doubt about that but credit to you for where you put that video together I'm not just saying it because you're a co-host on this one but it truly is and for anybody that's not seen it it's on the um uh Premier League Indian Premier League uh, Twitter. Premier League India, Premier, Premier League. League India. Check that out. And um, have you obviously you've spoken to Tony? He must be on another world at the moment. Absolutely, he's just, he's become star. Like everybody follows him. Uh, he, uh, especially for the city folks, I, I, like they're very underrepresented uh, folks. I think in India, we everybody like oh your glory hunters, your plastic. And that's what they all say. So I mean, to actually have one of their you know fans represented it's usually just liverpool and the chelsea the, the yeah that yeah. gets a feature all the time so for a city fan to prop, you know come there in a queer to you know uh, share it i think the city fans are elated in this country and they've really taken it up they are the ones sharing it they're the ones who are happy and uh, good good for them and i'm happy for them yeah absolutely and I, i i respect that i know um, people now will say that uh, you know you're glory hunting and what have you uh to the to Tony but to be fair to him he did say that he started supporting them from 2008 i think he said yeah um uh, so before the no really my good... question is what what if i actually started supporting from 2013 it's fine right it's, it's fine i mean i started following football from 2013 i see a good side play good football win the league and it's natural for me to support a, i don't know what is wrong about supporting it's not like everybody is 60 years old right yeah so, like what what if you're like 15 years old and everybody's like oh you're plastic but like in my memory i would be seen a good side good matches city side so what like i can't go back to the 80s and say oh no we were pathetic so hence i can't support city it's just i think it is different rules if you live outside england when you support the premier yeah. league teams it is different yeah. rules i mean i will not respect any man city fan i've got a really close work friend uh, who supports man city Uh, but mm-hmm. if you live in Leicester, you shouldn't be supporting anybody else. But living outside England, um, I can understand. You know, you see a game, 
and uh, you pick a team and then if you stick with them and to be fair he didn't know how Man City's project was going to go um, no. and naming your son after Aguero phew, that's a big deal uh, let's face it that's a big big deal and uh, that's a lot of commitment and I think he did say that uh, he met some tourists who thought he just got this shirt and he was wearing it for the sake of it but when he told them he was a fan um, and mind you, I mean, we, it was actually a 10 minute interview and he does talk about somebody like, you know, Stephen Ireland and all those people. It's not like he didn't know. So like there are the comments saying, you know, do you know who's Ireland? Of course he knew. I mean, we have to, we have a, uh, you know, we can't put like a 15 minute video. We have to make it as short as possible. Yeah, so we can't of course. Yeah. No, but uh, I urge everybody who's not seen it to check it out. It's a beautifully shot video by Nevin uh, that showcases Nevin's talent, but also the... Uh, the interview he did. It was a In very... fact, there is another video that I've shot which I personally like more about the uh, an Arsenal fan who named his son Arsenal. I thought that was cuter and uh, that, was, that was actually a very, very nice story. And he was incredibly uh, sweet in his descriptions. He says these about this article in which he read, you know, football is not just filled with air but also with emotions. And that, that line just, you know, <laughs> you know stuck. What a me. line. Yeah, what a line. And... Uh, I, I, like if if you are if the listeners are checking out, I hope you check out the other video as well because that's sweet as well. Oh, I'm, I'm not too bothered by Arsenal fans and Man United fans, <laughs> Liverpool fans. They're around every corner, but Man City fans, to be fair to them, they're not every corner, even in Manchester. Uh, but yeah. no, uh, it was a beautiful video, and like you say, I hope uh, once things get back to normal, uh, Man City uh, do uh, follow up with something for. Uh, the young, uh, the, the the gentleman and uh, his kid, and obviously would be uh, to make his dream come true, bring him to the Etihad, uh, give him a day out. They will never forget. Nor will his kid. Hopefully, uh, he's old enough. To, well, he won't be old enough, will he, if it's in the next couple of years? But uh, yeah. he'll look back that he was there. I'm sure no, he'll have enough you know, photos to remember. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, beautiful story, and I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but. Uh, mention it because it's not every day something you do is retweeted yeah. by uh, I mean I, I, I didn't even share the Arsenal video so much thinking like okay it's just me doing my work but like when it when Aguero shared it I was like no I have to now tell people that I made that video yeah and I think it's like you said it's not some from uh, a management company or something like yeah. that because of the message it was very yeah. yeah yeah no fantastic story a really feel good story a lot of stories that we need at the moment. So, and it made me feel really good, even though it's a Man City fan, but I really, really enjoyed it and I wanted more of it. I know you can only do 10 minutes, but um, it was beautiful, beautifully shot and um, I really liked the interview. Uh, but moving on to um, uh, w- yeah. what's been happening in the past week and uh, the goings on. And I thought um, the previous week, when we talk about the uh, sacking at BFC. Um, I wasn't expecting another one so quickly, uh, especially on the back of a, a decent um, result, which was a 1-1 against BFC. And we said last week that BFC is going to have a tough game against North East United. It's not going to be easy as they yeah. try and recover uh, under the new temporary management. But um, what do you make of... I was really... I mean, I don't know what surprised me more. Um <laughs> the BFC sacking or the uh, Northeast United sacking? Um, I mean, for me, it's Northeast United sacking for sure. <laughs> like he was doing well, right? Everybody liked Gerard Moos, and uh, people were touting him as like next big thing in India. He, he, he got a very, a very average Northeast side to you know play really good football. Not necessarily saying the most attractive football, but they held their position. And then there is a beauty in, you know, executing a good plan, right? It's not always about, you know, this attack, attack, attack. It's about, like, good defensive defense as well. And I thought, I don't know why on earth Northeast United should be unhappy right now. They're not a side that's gone out and paid for a lot of players and they're doing okay. I don't think they had any ambitions at the start of the season. A mid-table finish would have been, you know, they would have been more than happy with it. So, when I look at it, and since I've worked with Indian football, I my first and immediate reaction was, okay, this is just a cost-cutting mechanism. This is, there's nothing more to it. Like, you know, they've realized that the season is out. Uh, they probably don't want to spend so much more money on a coach or something. And they're just... Uh, I know you would think, hey, he has a contract, so you get paid the entire the amount of what day. No, it doesn't work there in India. 
you know, when they're sag, they they cut out a deal and they you know pay some ten percent of twenty percent of it, and you know you don't want to get into the details of it. I'll I'll discuss this outside the call, <laughs> and uh, so I mean I that was my first reaction. The second reaction was maybe Khalid Jamil is a big presence, and uh, again I don't I just it's just allegations, and I'm not saying I know anything about it, but I I. I Got this feeling that did Khalid Jamil have enough influence to say, you know, that you know the team wanted to play with Khalid Jamil and not with uh, with Gerard News and did some event in the dressing rooms part that uh, you know it's it's it reminded me of Lobera sacking in some sense in terms of why on earth is is our first reaction right? Why would FC Goa let go of Lobera and the immediate copy that comes out, the story that comes out is. Um, uh, one of these Indian sports publications writing about how the dressing room was lost. If Lobera had lost his dressing room, why did five players go with him to go with him? My city, yeah. right? It, it it makes no sense, right? So here also you kept hearing that you know Gerard Nusser lost his you know lost the dressing room and why they they were winning and uh, not not necessarily winning but like at least performing well. Um, you know, players were give, being given the chances, not like some big name was being dropped and, you know, that could have, you know, played the ego or anything, nothing of that sort. So, uh, this is, I mean, the management has a big influence in Indian sports media. I mean, I hate admitting it because I'm part of the, part of the, you know, gang, but, you know, I, I see a lot of fellow journalists being so easily con- like convinced by what management says and they think that's the answer. Hello, management has an agenda and management will not be telling you the truth about what happened. So if I were a journalist, I would, you know, say, you know, I'm not writing that copy yet. I want to know the other side of things. And then, you know, saying, yeah, maybe that's, you know, he did actually lose the dressing room. So uh, murky, murky to say the least. I, I don't think it's as simple as, you know, Gerard knows uh, losing the dressing room. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think uh, you know a dressing room that was lost would have helped Bangalore to a draw. So, I I mean I don't know what what they're hinting at, but yeah, I, my first reaction was something else is happening with the northeast management. We've been hearing stories otherwise also about financial difficulties, about you know even even darker rumors like they're planning to disband the team and all that. So, I don't know. In our in in a Kalpana discussion. Uh, Chennai and CTO did admit that a lot of teams halfway through the season sometimes think, okay, there's no relegation. We're definitely not making it to the playoff. Now it's budget cut time. So I think it's a mix of all these. And it's not just a manager losing the dressing room. See, that's an incredible insight to me because the financial angle I'd not even thought about that they're cutting their losses. And uh, because my immediate reaction when you said that was, well, they'll still have to pay contract. But you've clarified the situation as to what goes on in Indian football um, in, in the back room. But if that is the case, and we've t- we talked about Gerard at the start of the season. He came across well. He's a young manager, seemed to know how uh, really, tactically he was really aware. Um, and he was playing with, let's face it, limited resources. And the, yes, they have gone through a blip. Uh, they played six, lost uh, three and drew three. But don't forget, in that loss was uh, against ATK as well, uh, but a, and um, a good draw against uh, Mumbai. But and BFC, I think it was, uh, or was it uh, BFC? They had a good draw. Yeah, against. Yeah. But uh, you know, we I I thought of him well, and I know you did as well. Um, but um, I think the fact that this could be because of financial reason and cutting their losses, how are they going to attract? managers or his money will if you pay the money people will come for six months or four months um because they did the same thing last year didn't they they got rid of uh johnny johnny yeah uh, in february yeah. uh at least yeah. they've given um jamil a bit more time but um you build up a reputation as a management of um not a good one and uh, then it's, it's like asking um how was what for fc getting managers so <laughs> I mean, they get because there's just plenty of fish out there in the sea and so eventually somebody bites the hook, right? So if you are a manager of some repute and 
um, then they might they might think no, Northeast United doesn't seem the most convincing project out there. But if you're a Gerard who's young and you know looking to make a mark and uh, looking for that right opportunity to head a team, they'll take it, right? In fact, yeah. I remember. I don't know if it's if I said it to you or some of my friends, but like I there was a FC Goa versus uh, uh, Northeast match, and I thought like the coaches should have been swapped because. Uh, I've not really seen something special with one uh, uh, Fernando, and I thought Gerard News was the the more exciting one in terms of you know organization and uh, the the uh, the animated uh, performances on the touchline as well. I kind of liked him. I thought he was a good coach, and I, I like such characters. Uh, probably also because I'm a Chelsea fan and come from the same school of thought of you know defense and uh, uh, all that stuff. But yeah, surprising. Surprising and not surprising. Let's be honest. Okay. Well, it was surpri- Well, you've got the inside knowledge. I don't because it was really surprising for me. That's why I couldn't understand which was the bigger shock to me. But um, I mean, I did say that you know, if you if the management is going to treat managers like this, the the owners rather uh, are going to treat managers like this, then you're going to struggle to get players because players will say, you know, we're coming to a club with no ambition. They don't. They've got no long term project. Uh, I know that you're saying, is, you know, uh, no, that, that's not how it works in India. Well, in India, there are footballers playing for free simply for. So, do you think he'll change uh, once? Uh, yeah, but you know, you mentioned uh, there's no relegation. So, do you think relegation will change how? It can't come soon enough for me. It can't come soon enough. It's in like I want Kerala Blasters, Northeast United, Odisha. See all of them to face that. You know, go in with fear. Yeah. You know, lose a lot of money and you're going to lose a lot of good players go play like you mean to you know battle and you have not given up right now i some sometimes i feel like you know these teams are just taking it easy now you know halfway through the season i've i've you know i don't want to tell names but i've been in the brunt of a season like this and i've seen people being sacked i've seen people just you know laid off because they, the 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 you know the scientists realized that yeah this season we're not achieving much so we need to cut short the you know plans and all that so I've seen it with my own eyes in Indian football not necessarily in this league or not necessarily with this specific team but yeah so I mean maybe I'm also all this you know skeptical and curious and everything because you know there's a saying that um, um, a cat that's fallen in the hot water. Will be scared even if it sees a normal water. So, <laughs> yeah, you become just, cynical uh, when you're in that environment, don't yeah, you? Exactly, you always yeah. you, you look on uh, the negatives. But uh, no, I, I still think you know if a club is uh, managed so badly, they're going to lose money. I'm sure, like you said, Northeast are not going to be making money if they if this is the way they behave. They'll probably break them or not lose as much as they probably and thought. But then it's again, sad, right? It's sad, right? Imagine this is the kind of an area they represent the hotbed of football. The, like, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying that like Northeast is a team that you would expect to have like base and Imphal, base and. Kokima, uh, maybe nice all, you know, get the players, work with local teams, have separate leagues of their own. Uh, you know, the potential to do so oh. much in Northeast United. And this yet, is, this is the thing that's struggling. This is what um, I think I said, we've said it before, that it's such a bedrock of football and the talent mm-hmm. that comes from that region. You can see in all the other teams. Um, yeah. Uh, the potential is nowhere near being realised by the ownership of uh, Northeast United. Um, yeah. I think that's really disappointing. I mean, the other states, Kerala Blasters, you know, they've got one state, all right, they've got other teams, big teams like Gokulam, and they, they take a bit of the talent. But um, yeah. Northeast have got all this talent just to themselves. Um, bit of um, passion, bit of uh, imagination is some, where they could be. And even now, I mean, with 12 points, they're not far away from the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, it's like wins. giving up, right? It's just, just giving up for no reason. Yeah. It's, 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 why didn't you just back your manager with a good signing in January and actually go for it, given it yeah. a shot? Yeah. Um, <coughs> that would have brought him a lot of respect, a lot of um, new fans as well. Um, 
and the existing fans would have really, you know, thought well of the management as well that they're going for it. Why not have dreams? I mean, if you wanted an example, there's a club in the northeast, Iso, who yeah. did the impossible. The Leicester of India. Yeah, so they've got an example on their doorstep. Think big, you know. And use big. their players. They have Iso the club as well. You can obviously use them as your you know, feeder club and you have like programs there. Nice. So I'll have programs in, like I said, in Imphal, in, in Kohima, in Arunachal Pradesh. There's like a lot of states, a lot of football there. Sikkim, Sikkim is known for a good football guide. And it beats me. Yeah. And I it's not even, but what I'm trying to say is it's not even expensive. In yeah. India, it's very cheap to pull this off. You just need the desire. You People will play football for you if there is promise, not even money. If there is promise of a better future, they will do this for you. Uh, all and sincere effort, that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I was also was thinking, you know, you've got the players around you from even countries like Bangladesh. The national mm-hmm. team has got talented players. They're not going to be expensive. You just yeah. need the imagination. You're, you're near Bangladesh. Um, you know, there's good players there. We've seen that in the national and team. And in terms of currency conversion. In terms of currency conversion, it makes yeah. good deal for them as well. Yeah. To come to play in India. You just, I don't know if you saw Minerva versus Gokulam, uh, or rather Punjab FC versus Gokulam, no Minerva. Uh, and uh, the Gokulam, Punjab FC keeper is uh, the national team uh, keeper for Nepal. Hmm. And he was incredible, super keeper. Like he was single handedly blocking whatever Gokulam had, like, you know. Uh, shot at him in the first half. Absolute stellar performance. And you also saw Chencho, who's also called the Ronaldo of Bhutan. He had like an incredible season with uh, Minerva in the in the in that one season they might not win the title. Chencho was their star. And uh, Chencho is now back and playing for Punjab FC and stunning, you know, appraise and for so why are we not looking at Bhutan? Why are we not looking at Nepal, Sri Lanka? Uh, Bangladesh, I mean, it beats me. Afghanistan, Please. occasionally you do here, but even the good ones from Afghanistan, we don't get. We get like not the national team players, it's probably like one level below. So, can we get like a national team star for, from Afghanistan? And they will play their hearts out because yeah. they don't feel you know they are in an inferior league. They're coming they're into happy. a big league, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a showcase for them. And I have to give a shout yeah. out here to um, Mr. Ranjit Bajaj because in the interview with him, I did. He was saying exactly what you're saying. You know, why are we not looking at local talent? When I say local, I mean South Asian countries. Because yeah. there's players there that could potentially, you know, if they were Indian, they'd be challenging to play for the national team. They're that talented. Yeah. So why spend big money going out? And, uh, and I remember, I was, while I was handling the social media account for the big ISL side, uh, the, the DMs used to be flooded with agents and... Uh, you know, uh, you know, players sent themselves sending uh, their uh, reports and everything. And it's national team players DMing. It's not even like some, you know, some XYZ sending it. Uh, and I I don't know, is it, are they not attractive enough as a marketing product? But it's not like ISL is, a, you know, an attractive brand and, you know, there's like a lot of merchandise being sold or something. It's still very early stages for the league. So, I have no idea. I have no idea why these players are not given a chance. And I'm happy that Punjab FC do it. I'm happy. I'm so happy that Chencho came to India. Uh, I did try to interview him this summer and uh, or rather 2020 summer. I keep forgetting that it's changed here. But in 2020 summer, I did try to reach out and get him to feature in a, in a video interview. And what the agent told me is that he's disappointed that he doesn't have a club. Somebody like Chencho didn't have a club and he was looking at options in Thailand and all that. This is a guy who's performed in India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Bangalore bought him, but bought him like a, you know, extra property and, you know, not necessarily as a starter. And that probably, you know, hit his, uh, you know, form a little and confidence a little. But he did go out to play for Naroka for like a, a part of a season, like the end part of a season. And he was again playing really good football. Unfortunately, Naroka had defensive issues, then so they kept like losing matches. But this guy was always a threat. But then somebody like Chencho struggling to find a team, it never makes sense. Yeah, it it it, it made me think as well. Uh, why we're we not 
outsourcing more players like that. Um, you could save a lot of money and you'd get much better talent uh, for the money you're spending. Um, I think um, I've decided now that if I win the lottery here, I'm going to buy an ISL club in the Northeast or buy out Northeast United and make you the president. Uh, so uh, amazing. <laughs> Probably not the president, but something more fun. <laughs> Go down the route of uh, Barcelona. We'll have the fans elect a president and uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. But no, it's shocking to me. It's absolutely shocking. And um, yeah, I think, um, like, like you say, relegation can't come soon enough if it changes um, some of the um, actions. But you don't know. We know what happened in the Premier League. If a team is struggling in December, bring Sam Allardyce in and he'll save you. So, I don't know. Is that a good thing? Or a Khaled thing? Jamil is the uh, Indian champion, guys. They play <laughs> similar football as well. You see, that, that's another thing. Have they thought this through? Because he's, he's in quarantine now for 14 days or something, so he can't be in the, uh, with, the, with the boys' training. Um, so he'll be probably taking over with, what, four, four games left, five games left, maybe. Um, so, and he was, he's not been part of, in the bubble, so he, he'll have to get to know the players. Some he will know, but um, I don't know. I don't understand this at all. Bringing somebody like him in instead of having somebody in the bubble take over. Um, I mean, if he was that good, why wasn't he in the uh, coaching staff anyway? Uh, because I think he was. He was part of the northeast side, and then he was. So I think he was looking after the academy or something, isn't he? That's why he, he said that. Then that, that also happened right now, like a few months back. So everybody's wondering what is happening. Why is he put there? Is it like a you know, the, is there any problem? Which is why I'm guessing if there is a. There happened that there were like two factions and there's a Khalid Jamil support group and there was a Jaradnus support group and that clash. I don't know. There seemed there were both, I mean, it did seem like, you know, there was something else, you know, going through the, uh, something happening inside, but you never know. And it's not even like we have these, you know, journalists who have inside information putting things out for us in India. I mean, we're just very reliant on press releases and just believing them. Uh, something else that we need to change in Indian football. The list is wrong. I think I'm on volume four at the moment. But uh, uh, in terms of, um, I mean, by hook and crook, got two Indian managers now, uh, which we didn't have. Um, Moose at BFC and now Jamil at Northeast United. Um, I'm thinking they'll both be there at the end. Well, Jamil especially, but I think Musa will be there till the end of the season now. Yeah, I'm hoping Pratim also gets a chance. He's sort of impressed when he did manage uh, Pune for a while. So hopefully we can keep see Pratim also involved in, in football in some sense. And, what, uh, where where is he now? He is part of the ISL Comte team now. Oh, is he the young... With the pony? The, yeah. Okay. Oh, he comes across really well. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. So he, He's worked with Bangalore as the assistant coach and then um, interim manager for... Was it Hyderabad or Pune? I think he, is, he looks quite young. Is he a football ex footballer? Or... I don't know exactly his past, but he was he did his grades outside India. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, I think UK. Yeah. I think UK itself. And yeah, uh, and uh, then uh, he sort of you know grabbed the limelight once uh, uh, he was part of that uh, Bangalore side under Westwood, I think. Okay. Uh, no, he comes across. I like him. He, he's a very good uh, pundit, and uh, he, I like the way uh, he, he explains the game. I just uh, opened his, uh, you know, Wikipedia page, and it says uh, he's actually coached for Shillong Dong as well. Okay. Early in like 2010 to 12, and uh, I don't know if you if you've heard of this club called DSK Shivajins. They got disbanded a little early, uh, based out of Pune, and then he was with Pune City for a while. Yeah, his last stint is caretaker manager for FC Pune City. Right, okay. Um, yeah, he comes across as really well, but um, so did Gerard. Uh, but uh, we'll see where he ends up. I'm sure he'll be in a better place. Uh, but in terms of the big game last week, ATK um, Mumbai, um, Mumbai continued, I mean, they had a nil-nil yesterday. Um, but... ATK seem to have 
you know, Krishna and William are not getting the service. They seem to be struggling in that department at the moment. Yeah, I think now, uh, I mean, it sort of reminds me of a Mourinho side once the, you know, the shine is off in terms of, mm. um, in terms of, they're more focused on making it ugly than actually winning matches. I mean, it, it's a fine line, right? Sometimes you just forget that there's a football match to play and you're more focused on annoying and irritating. And um, I thought Mumbai really gave it to them in terms of footballing style and dominance mm. and it really, you know, irked the, the big games in ATK. One nil isn't, uh, I mean, when somebody says uh, ATK Mumbai finished one nil, you are expecting ATK to win because that's the kind of score that uh, they're, they're known for. But um, so, yeah, to sort of Katma, or, I mean, Mumbai deserved it for their. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go and but, play football out there. And uh, yeah, time for uh, ATK to start. You know, thinking of a plan B because now they're becoming very predictable. Yeah, they yeah. five twos and you know, just give it to Roy Krishnan, he's going to do something. And you know, credit to Hyderabad, what a team! Like oh. they just refused to give up and they were playing good football. Young Indians impressing. Um, so similar to Odisha last season, right? In some sense, yeah. there's a lot of young Indians playing good football, and they seem to be like together as a unit. So all good, I think. Yeah, and I was going to come to that, but just Hyderabad. Uh, but just before I come to that, you know, uh, you're leading my campaign to stop uh, our young talent bleaching their hair, dyeing their hair. <laughs> One exception I'm going to make is uh, Bipin Singh on Mumbai City. Yeah, he's, he's actually deserved it. Yeah, I'm going to let him keep it. What he looks a very, very good talent. First time, obviously, I'm seeing him on a regular basis, but somebody you would have seen a lot more. Um, yeah. We've got an abundance of um, really talented midfield. Mm-hmm. And the other player that I want, so if you see him or speak to him, tell him, you know, carry on. You, you've got the talent that deserves that hairstyle. Um, yeah. But the, the other one I wanted to ask you about was, um, and he really shone against uh, uh, East Bengal, was um, Jessel, uh, the left back for the Blasters. Uh, he's the, he's the mm-hmm. skipper, right? Um, again, yeah, he's very, skipper. very good player. Um, what's his background? Uh, so Jessel uh, got his first professional contract last year. And oh, he wow. went back then. Uh, so he's always played in the Goan Pro League and not really made it big. So he was very excited to like actually get like a contract such, like so late in his career. And he had a very good season last year. Around. Despite Kerala's overall mediocre performance, he impressed as a left back. A lot of people thought he since having a natural left foot should have been the first choice or, or should be in the reckoning for the national team as well. He is error prone though. Sometimes he reminds me of a, a Luke Shaw, Shaw in some sense in terms of very talented, but yeah. here and there in terms of the defensive, you know, see, he, I do see an error creeping in here and there, but a very good left foot. Yeah. And if a side that really wants crosses, I think he'd, he'd be perfect, you know, you know, like a target man and He's more than happy to, you know, run down the flanks and put in those crosses for them. Um, yeah, a good side, a good, pl- good player and also uh, crying out for more scouting in Goa, right? FC Goa seems to be just like, I mean, I, I think I speak a lot of things in terms of fishing, but uh, it's like there's a big, big sea out there with a lot of fish and FC Goa is the only one fishing. Like, yeah. you know, they put a net and they get a lot of you know, fish, they come back home. There's more yeah. fish out there. There can be more boats out there. You know, just, you know, go look for players in Goa. Look at Liston, for example. You went there, found, I mean, FC Goa found him first, but like, you took it from their boat. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there look so many players out there. Even somebody like Princeton, I think, is trying to you know, make a mark in FC Goa. Maybe if you had gone to another side, it'd be a starter and, you know, dominating matches. And Xavier Gama, all those young, young players who keep coming out of the FC Goa or like the Goan setup. I think Kerala Blasters, everybody should be like, okay, we love Kerala. He's got footballers, but you know, maybe we should go to Goa as well. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to what we were saying about the Northeast. I think that's a big um, pond with, that's um, not fished at all. At least Goa is fishing. Uh, but yeah. uh, Northeast uh, United are not in the fishing business at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, in terms of Hyderabad, I wanted to finish on this. And um, obviously, Orisha is my club in the ISL. But um, uh, it was always good to see 
the top four in, in in England, the top six being broken into by another club. And I hope um, Hyderabad or Chennai gets through into that top four playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the top three after um, a relatively poor start, FC Goa seems to be getting into their stride. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the top two are pretty much set. Um, but I, I, I hope Hyderabad gets through for the reasons you mentioned. I think they're playing uh, really good football. I think a lot of young talent. No, really, especially national team players. Um, what are your thoughts on the fourth place? Or do you think somehow BFC will get into it? <laughs> I mean, as a, I mean, I, I'm surrounded by Kerala's fans and they don't really like Bangalore so much. So <laughs> we, keep, we keep hearing all these jokes about how Bangalore is going to finish eighth in the season and suddenly you're going to see a press release saying, uh, for some strange reasons, uh, Eighth place team is going to make it to the AFC Cup. This year, had like bizarre explanations, but somehow you know, in helping this team out, uh, like last time around, and how the AFC slot just went to them miraculously, um, and not Chennai. But you know, jokes aside, um, I, I mean, by virtue of performance, Hyderabad deserves it more than Bangalore for sure. Bangalore has been very, you know, but the is very. You know, start, stop, and all that. It, it, my only worry is, does Hyderabad have enough of a squad depth to continue this run? I mean, this is exactly what happened to Odisha, where they sort of fizzled out once, like, when the was called. And this is very, like, look at January, for example. So many matches that these teams play that, you know, your body is going to take a toll. And uh, Bangalore's bench strength and, uh, you know, the the... The, I mean, once you've won something, you just become incredibly like wiser. You just know how to win things. And Bangalore's got a lot of winners in that team. So that way, I think both Bangalore and Chennai will keep pushing Hyderabad because both have like a pedigree of winning. And Hyderabad is still a very newbie that way. But it's good to see three teams fight it out while the other, you know, finish <laughs> is at the bottom and chilling. <laughs> Not really bothered about you know, <laughs> Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I'm just a little thinking that you know BFC with the, like you've just said the the strength they have compared to Chennai and Hyderabad that might just get a few games in together and get into the playoffs. But yeah, I really hope uh, Hyderabad. But a horrible will... run of form, right? Like if I if I in Bangalore, I mean I know the set of winners and all, but form is also a big factor in these things, and form doesn't really help some a team like Bangalore. They've not seen a victory in a long time, if I remember right. These last four or five matches, they've not won. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely that way, Hyderabad is called. And credits to Roka, the second Roka, in fact, uh, for, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, taking over when the first Roka left for Barcelona and uh, yeah. sustaining what we did expect from Hyderabad uh, and uh, actually, actually implementing a very good project. Well, if the Blasters fan want to see BFC finishing eighth and still qualify for the AFC Cup, they can make a start on Wednesday. I think you've got them on Wednesday, haven't you? Yeah. Um, see if you can continue that run. You're right. They've lost four, drawn one in their last five. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Um, I think it's it, called the Biryani Derby now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you told me the best biryani was in Chennai. Oh yeah, I love Chennai biryani, but like it's not. This is not called biryani derby for any biryani reasons. It's more. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, it's more banter than anything else. Wow. Yeah, BFC. So a lot of people call it biryani FC. All oh, right. Okay. And the others are like you know, you know, you know, you're not going to get points once when you come to Bangalore. So might as well have some good biryani. <laughs> so, yeah, all Fantastic. That's a really good insight from the Blasters in terms of what they think of BFC. So that's good. Um, but yeah, that, that game should be interesting now that uh, we know about the Biryani uh, derby. Look forward to it even more. And maybe BFC, even if they finish eighth, will qualify the AFC Cup because they've got the right stadium or whatever. But uh, we'll see what yeah. happens. But uh, um, yeah, d- we've gone over the hour because we've had so much fascinating talk as usual. Absolutely. So, um, thank you again, Nevin. Uh, brilliant day fun. yesterday in India. We saw the rollout of the vaccine, so positive um, start there. Hopefully, we'll progress with that. But, um, 
you look after yourself, mate. Keep producing these incredible videos, even if they're for the Premier League. Um, look forward to seeing you. Stay safe.